Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning back in today. You can always find us over at pathtozion.com. Reach out to us via email, pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we want to get right to it today. There are are several topics, four or five at least, that are kind of sitting over here off to the side that are pretty much completed to make it here on the program um, sometime soon. Um, The Seed of Moses talking about healing and health and and some questions towards that when we read the scriptures and it seems to say this about what is ours in Messiah and then over here there's some things in Job and other places that make you wonder well certain things fall on the righteous and unrighteous we'll talk about that maybe in coming days Um, a few pages of thought towards Psalm chapter 91 that I found quite interesting Um, might share that here sometime in the near future. And the biggest study that I'm presently doing is asking just a small little, uh, just a little light question. Who in the world is Yeshua? Like, according to the word of Elohim alone, who is Yeshua? Who is this Messiah? Man, who in the world is this man? Uh, It's a little huge and um, very weighty. And thankfully, I have... uh, (laughs) Uh, been tiptoeing through that one um, in the beginning stages. I've only been doing it for maybe two months now um, with several dear brothers alongside me. I I recruited them for some counsel so that we can arrive at a, a right and fair and balanced biblical approach to who in the world is, is our Messiah. Who is Yeshua? Who was he? Who is he? And who is he going to be in the prophesied age? So yeah, that'll make it on here. That's going to be quite a while. Um, But today I want to set before those who refer to the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, um, the ones who would reference the the Elohim of Elohims as G-O-D, God. Um, I want to submit a consideration today, um, a question, and and this is what we're going to spend some time. I have no idea how long this will take. I have 16 pages. Um, Nine of them are... Only verses, only scriptures are nine tight pages long, so this will take us a little while to get through. Um, And so I want to propose the question, does his name matter? Um, Not necessarily, and this is of utmost importance, not necessarily to you or to me. Like, well, this doesn't, I don't think it's important, or I'm just not like that, or, you know, all these things that we'll tackle here in a beginning commentary level of an introduction of talking about this. But not so much about does his name matter to you um, or to me, but what about him? What about our father? Does it matter to him? Um, We're going to use the Bible alone to tell us, not doctrines, traditions, and personal opinions or preference. We're not just going to talk about like, well, what do you think? What do you like to say? What are you comfortable saying? It's not really about that. We're going to, again, after we set the table of thought with some commentary, and why I'm even bringing this up, and some some hopefully thought-provoking um, considerations for for you. What in the world does our Father desire? What does he, what is his opinion towards his name? Um, because he has a very strong one. When we allow the Word of Elohim um, alone to tell us his opinion and vantage point, and all these things we, that we'll tackle. Um, now, only four years ago, did did my wife and I begin to risk being offended um, at the fact that we didn't ever say God's name. We never said his name. Like, 
And again, if you watch the program or know us personally or both, you know that, that my wife and I were in church our whole lives. Um, when we got married, within the first year, we took a, a youth pastor and a college pastor couples position um, at, a, at a small Baptist church in North Georgia. and Wonderful people in a wonderful season, and it was great, but like we didn't know what we were doing. Um, we were horribly trying to wade through being an, uh, a newlywed couple. Um, I was spiritually nowhere, um, and so we were a train wreck. Um, but we have been in and out of churches, denominations, movements, you name it for the most part. I have at least had my toe in it, whatever version or flavor you might reference, at some point in my life. Um, and my wife was as well in many ways. But we had never really ventured anywhere into a, a discussion at all, a presentation of, of the value and importance of this, this God of the Bible's name. Um, and so... <laughs> This all started with my wife. Like, our present journey all started with her. Um, We used to have formal gatherings. I say formal in the sense of, you know, assembled gatherings. Um, My family and three other families here at our home on a regular basis for years. And it was just wonderfully beautiful and a fantastic season of our life. Um, And we got to this place, my wife and I, where Father was just leading us to what we say now as he was beginning to call us out of where we were and what we were within, which is just, you know, Acts Church church uh, living is what we were striving for. We just wanted to be, you know, the, the post-Jesus church and full of Holy Spirit and doing all these things and, you know, good, honorable things, but we thought that was the old way. Um, but Father started unveiling our eyes to his ancient path, his ancient way understanding, and it started with my wife in the name. And she just, in our own time, she'd say, why don't we ever say the name of Yahweh? We never, he, we just call him God. He has a name. I want to say his name. And almost in a sense, if I remember it rightly, because again, it was only four years ago, I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to start saying his name and see what happens, basically. And so in our, in our gatherings, during worship time, um, she would she would cry out to Yahweh. She would pray to Yahweh. Um, <laughs> she would cry out his name. Um, and then we started doing it in our home. And, and I will I will say at the very beginning that like I didn't like it. I didn't like it when she did it. And I had to really wrestle with that. And this is a big pivotal point for many people. You either look at something and it offends you and you retreat and you draw away and say, I don't like that. That exposes something in me that I don't like. Don't talk to me about that stuff. You think you know more than me? You think you know God better than I know him? And this is a very this this could be a whole sidebar to this topic. But we, I had in humility, and Kristen had already started this endeavor, my wife. I said, you know, maybe I just don't know him in this personal way according to his name, his, his specific name. And so we ventured in a road, uh, down a road of real humility before the Father and trying to demonstrate in our, pro, in our posture, both spiritual and natural, we'd be on the floor just repenting and crying out and crying to Yahweh, 
And I, I began then to to study out and, and add to my understanding um, the proper use of Elohim and how there are how Elohim can be plural, uh, plural. And God is just a generic term in modern language and lingo for God, gods, you know, a pantheon of gods. And so I ventured out then to really give myself to figure out who this God of the Bible was and is. Um, what is his name and why and what significance does it have? And so that has led me, of course, to where we are today, um, which I would like to say is, is a pretty good journey down the road towards his name and significance and why it even matters at all. Um, but this study my, for myself and for my household, is it, it, it begins to take us further down that, that road of, of properly elevating Yahweh's name, of, of elevating his, his very essence of who he is by his personal name. Which, we, if we know anything about the Bible, we know, of course, the, the word of, of Elohim is full of references towards his name, that phrase, those two words. And we are going to read many of them here um, in upcoming parts of this series. And so, for whatever reason, we had a willingness to humble ourselves towards his name. Um, and we were willing to say, you know what, maybe I don't know him in an intimate way that I would know him if I spoke his name, if I declared his name, if I had his name on my literal lips. Maybe. <laughs> Whoa, what an epiphany. Maybe I just can know him better. <laughs> and I say that laughingly because I encounter so many people say, are you telling me I don't know God? Do you? I need to know right now. Do you think I don't know God? Because I do, you know. <laughs> And I understand that. I have levels of that in myself as well. But we can just be humble and say, you know what? I know him in measure, and I can know him a whole lot more, which is one of the main points we're going to talk about here in this Does God's Name Matter um, discussion. Um, so most most scholars that, that people are smart who have studied the Word and know things way more than I'll ever know um, would say that the specific name of what we will say Yahweh is in the Bible at least 7,000 times. Um, but yet Christianity, and this is very mysterious to me, somehow, even though this, this name, a specific name for the God of the Bible, although his name is in the, is in the written word more than 7,000 times, Christianity is mysteriously silent towards this for the most part. Now, it does seem evident that there um, there's some sort of a resurgence towards his name. Many popular worship songs even have the name Yahweh in the title now and in the chorus, and it's repeated and it's becoming more commonplace. Yes, um, it's beginning to appear more, which I guess is a good place to start. Um, now, we, and before you get, I get too critical, like, well, are they using it appropriately? Are they understanding the entirety of what that means? And well, all those things aside, yes and amen that his name is becoming a, a, a topic of discussion anywhere within the corporate larger body of Messiah right now on the earth. Amen for, for the, the resurgence, if you will. I mean, that's what's happened to us. Why in the world would I care, what, four years ago at 45 years of age about the name of, of God? You know, why would I all of a sudden have that light bulb come on? I don't know. Father's good. He's kind. Um. 
So let's talk about some practical things. And some of this is based upon the, the many discussions I've had with other people. Um, some people I love and some people I just don't really know at all about this, this topic of, of God's name and, and does it matter at all. Um, there is an, argu- an argument, of course, it's very common, very popular. <laughs> um, well, I don't speak Hebrew. Um, and it's just really, it's a silly response. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't speak Hebrew. And so, you know, I, he's just God to me. Um, but this is really, this is the point I would like to make about this comment specifically, because we want to kind of, we want, I don't want to say pick off, I'm not trying to be rude or offensive. We want to bring some concerns that people have like, like this. I don't, well, I don't speak Hebrew. I'm not a Jew. And just kind of like, okay, well, can we talk about that for a minute and, and may, maybe explore that, I would just call that excuse to not say uh, father's name, his specific name, um, because, well, I don't speak Hebrew or I'm not a Jew. It's just really a, a, a foolish presentation, really, especially when you're speaking about names. Um, and I want to I, I give you an example. I just was coming up with some practical thinking. And, and so let's just say this. Let's just imagine you go out to lunch. You and your wife go to lunch. You and your husband, you go to lunch at your favorite Mexican restaurant, um, wherever you like to go. You're going to order, you know, number three with, with, with extra rice and beans. <laughs> and, and as you're seated, you're introduced to your server. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a man. He, he's going to be taking your order today and, and, and serving you. And he proceeds to tell you that his name is Alejandro. Let's just say he's Alejandro. Okay. It's a good, I don't know, it's a good Hispanic name, isn't it? And when the time comes, you need a refill on, on that sweet tea that you've been drinking. Do you call him over and say, hey, hey, Alex, come here, buddy. Come here, Alex. Okay, now his name is Alejandro. Come here, Alex. Do you translate his name? I mean, seriously, <laughs> this, this, is the, this is just kind of how I see this, right, in regards to Yahweh's name. I mean, you're not Hispanic, right? You're not, a, you're not Hispanic. You didn't immigrate here from Mexico. You speak English. So with this understanding, this mindset, I know your name's Alejandro, but I'm American and I speak English and I'm looking at him over here. (laughs) And so I'm going to call you Alex. Well, that would be foolishness, right? Nobody would ever do that, I hope, um, out of just general human respect for another human being. But do you translate his name because you're not Hispanic? No, of course not. Hopefully without any thought, you would say his name. Um, why? Because names are special. Names are personal. Per, uh, names are made for us to personally connect with another individual. They are unique. And of course, there are duplicated names right now in my life. I know at least two other Joels, three or four I can think of further removed. But it is unique unto us individually, a name. And as simple as it may seem, I would propose that this is the same with Yahweh Elohim. His name is specific unto himself. And calling him what you want, friend, is really just, it's arrogant. And we'll, we'll further this point here in just a minute. The Hebrew expression, um, hallelujah, you've, you've likely heard that at the very least. Not everyone has said it, but many of us have. Hallelujah, hallelujah, right? This is another great example of this same point, I believe, about um, the importance of what we say despite who we are and our background and what language we speak. Now, although 
probably most people don't realize what they're saying. Most believers are familiar with this exclamation of praise. It is entirely Hebrew, and it even if I, I didn't even really connect this until years ago myself. It actually has the name Yah in it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yahweh. Okay. I've never heard anyone claim to, to not be able to say hallelujah because, well, I'm not Jewish. I can't, I can't say hallelujah. All right, so everybody's saying, all right, on the count of three, we're all going to just declare hallelujah. We're going to praise Yahweh, the Most High Elohim. Oh, I'm sorry, brother. I can't do that. Um, I really want to, but I speak English. And so that would be speaking Hebrew, and I'm not Jewish. I'm sorry. Nobody would ever do that, right? And so unknowingly, because it's normal and common to hear this word and to even say it in many circles, hallelujah, it would be okay in many, if not all, circumstances because it's not seen on the same plane and the same level as what I'm presenting of why people might not feel capable of saying the name Yahweh, okay? Hopefully this is making sense. Another example, just in case I'm not clear. What about your earthly grandfather's name? Okay, what? And this is all this is all make believe. I just like talking like this. This is what we do in our house all the time. What if your grandfather was a Russian immigrant whose name is Vladimir? Vladimir. You're at a gathering and you want to in- introduce your grandfather to a friend. Your friend asks, "So what's your grandfather's name?" You say, "Well." His name is Vladimir, but I'm not Russian, so I just tell everyone that his name is Bill. Now, I know this sounds silly, right? I know it sounds ridiculous. It's kind of the point. (laughs) That's kind of the point to me about the argument of, well, I don't speak Hebrew or I'm not Jewish, and so I can just call him God, which is really just saying I can just kind of call him whatever I want because that's what we do now. Um, which we will get to using the word of Elohim is a very concerning approach when we're talking about something very, very serious and sobering, which is the creator of all heaven and earth's name. Okay, So with, with these elementary examples that we just talked about to kind of lead us in, in this series, I hope to, to provoke us to think towards several key issues in regards to God's name, and if it even matters at all. This part here, and maybe even a little of the next, we'll see where we get here in the next few moments, will just, as I've already alluded to, some commentary to help set the table for the lengthy list of scriptures that we will read. Now, here are some things that I did um, want to just kind of draw out specifically to be looking for as we go through these nine pages of scripture quotations in regards to the name of Yahweh Elohim, the Most High Elohim exalted above every other. Okay, number one is honor and reverence. Okay, things to be looking for when we get to the scripture compilation part of this. Honor and reverence. Number two, personal connection. Number three, the power that the Most High's proper name holds. That was a good one. And the fourth one, which I believe is the one that always rises to the surface in me and in my vantage point of elevating just a a generic God of the Bible to his proper name, I say again, Yahweh, and we'll talk about the names here in a little bit as well, 
And the fourth point, which I believe, again, is the greatest, is distinction. Distinction, friend, is of utmost importance when we're talking about Yahweh Elohim's name. Now think for a moment about the power and meaning of saying someone's name. Okay? I did this earlier. I think it was earlier today because I was talking about this, of course. All these things are just that make it on here or overflows out of what we're talking about in our home. For the most part. And I started explaining to my son the power of a name. This point right here. The power of the personal connection of a name. And I literally, because and I, I did, it was a perfect segue because I walked by my son and I said something along the lines of, love you, buddy. In our house, we always say, love you, love you, you know, like in passing. We're just very affectionate people. Love you, love you, dad. And we just do that with great regularity. I walked by and said, love you, buddy. Love you, dad. And I stopped and like, okay, perfect opportunity. So I sat down, I believe with him or we stood there, whatever. And I knew we were in the kitchen and, and I said, okay, teaching moment for all of us. And so I started to then get his attention and I, and I moved in close to him and I locked eyes with him and I said, I love you, Noah, Daniel. And I just spoke his name several times. Noah, Daniel, I love you, son. And I said his name, and I said his name, and I said, now watch this. I can do this to your mom. And I said, love you, honey, and I walked off. I'm not saying that's not fine and good. Um, but then I walked up to her, and I put my hands on each side of her face, and I leaned in, and I said her name, and I said, I love you. And I said her name over and over. And friends, I'm just saying, in that moment, even in that example, my wife started to tear up. Why? The power of a name. The power of a name, right? It's a personal connection with a name. We, we could all, surely, all of us, no matter where we sit with this topic specifically, could all speak of the power of a name. When someone speaks your name, it is different than somebody walking by and calling you sir or ma'am or, or even brother. Like there is something specific about a personal connection within a name. It's one of the most personal things that I would say we have as human beings. A name. It's very important. Even our English definition gets this right. I, I was very surprised by this as I just started looking up some different word studies. So I wanted to look up even in the English, what is it that um, is attributed to um, the word name, even in just our general English understanding. And here it is, <laughs> summarized. A designation that distinguishes one from another, enabling one to be specifically called and thereby properly known. Famous, this is kind of a two-component um, description, definition of name. Famous and or widely known as in one who is renowned. Now, that right there sounds like Bible verbiage, doesn't it? Okay, so we have the one component of that, a designation that distinguishes one from another, and it enables one to be specifically called and thereby properly known. Why? Because you're, sh you're showing a personal connection that I know your name. I know your name. You've told me your name. You've informed me. You have extended a part of yourself to me. We're talking biblical stuff here now, imagery. You've extended your, your, your very personal name to me, and I know it. 
And it's a special personal connection. And then the second part of this, which is extremely spiritual, biblical, famous, about name now, famous and or widely known as one who is renowned. Now, we see this all over the Bible, this latter part of of even the English definition of name. One example is in Deuteronomy 32, 3 and 4. For I will proclaim Yahweh's name, ascribe greatness to our Elohim, the rock, blameless is his work. Indeed, all his ways are just. Elohim of faithfulness without iniquity, righteousness, uh, righteous and upright is he. So what? I will proclaim Yahweh's name. I will ascribe greatness to our Elohim. Okay? That is an example of the proper usage of name in both parts in one verse. And the more I study the more I'm fully convinced that when we declare his name out of our mouths, we also are ascribing greatness to him like all the thousands and millions of people who did so preceding us. We literally magnify, which is, you know, come magnify the Lord with me. Elementary school lesson, put a magnifying glass on something, you expand it and make it larger, you make it you make something that was this expanded and magnified. You make him renowned. You exalt him properly. Now we see this again and again, as in Psalm chapter 20, verse 7, some boast in chariots and some in horses. But we, we will boast in the name of Yahweh, our Elohim. Okay? One more thing, and then we'll wrap this up, and we'll get to uh, another part that I think is really going to challenge all of our thinking. I'm telling you, I, I'm just saying this. This has nothing to do with me whatsoever. But I don't know how anyone can listen to what I'm presenting and will present in the next couple um, episodes and not feel absolutely compelled to shift from God to Yahweh Elohim. I don't know how in the world we could do it. It's Father's work, and he has to breathe life into something, and he's the illuminator of truth. It's him and not me or us or any other one on the earth. But I just, the evidence of the word of Elohim, I believe, friend, will move people from darkness to light towards the, the awe of the personal name of our Creator, of our Heavenly Father. Now, I've said countless times over the last four years, If you would have referenced the one true Elohim of the Bible as merely God, if you would have said God, which back then you would have said Elohim, okay? If you would have just said Elohim, period, with no other description on either side of that, if you would have said that in, in ancient times towards a deity, no one would have had any clue who in the world you were talking about. No one would have known. Now, we'll discuss this in greater length um, later, but this is exactly why Moses specifically asked Yahweh's name in order to properly report who was giving the instruction to Israel. Distinction was then and is now absolutely necessary, friend. It is of absolute necessity for specificity of who we are talking to and who we are talking about. That is why we're going to examine that one. That's one of the verses we'll pick apart a little bit. Why did Moses say all these things? Okay, okay, okay. Now, I'm going down 
Who do I tell them you are? Why did he do that? Because he knew they would ask. Oh, I was up there talking to Elohim. <coughs> Excuse me, Elohim. Okay, well, which one? There's 2,000 just down here that we know. What Elohim are you talking about? I believe that is as true today as it was then. We've just lost um, the ability to define things as specific as that. Um, for those who say that his name just doesn't matter, I'll say this and then we'll end this part here. Um, this is so hard for me. I, I, I can't stand that it doesn't matter um, debate because I'm just a person I say all the time and I've taken correction for this and I've tried to dial it back a little bit because I know I need to. I say everything matters. It all matters. There's, there's nothing, whether it, all these things I could name that would distract all of us, it all matters, friend. <laughs> it all matters. If we're talking especially about the, the proper name of our Heavenly Father, <laughs> of the, the God of the Bible, who told us and revealed to us His name. But for many people, they still say, well, it just doesn't matter, Joel. It doesn't matter. But here's my question. Okay, so outside of, of a, a walk, a journey that elevates Torah and feasts and Sabbath, many people just say, okay, so it doesn't matter what you eat. It's all clean now. It doesn't matter. Um, the fourth commandment, Sabbath, it doesn't matter. Um, and we could go through these, these things and make a list. And so my question is, okay, well, what does matter then? What does matter? <laughs> what still matters? Um, surely, surely Yahweh's name matters, right? Um, and again, we're going to keep we're going to keep having to come back to this and the word of Elohim is going to allow us to do this easily. I'm not asking you if it matters to you. We're going to look at does it matter to Yahweh himself? And the word will tell us. It will answer that very clearly. Now, speaking of commandments, <laughs> we've got to properly understand and apply the third commandment right here at the outset of this discussion. It's a good place to culminate part one. Exodus chapter 20, verse 7 says, You must not take, what? The name of Yahweh your Elohim in vain. For Yahweh will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. Oh, wow, that sounds kind of serious. What are we going to do next? We're going to dissect this verse. We're going to go through take, vain, and guiltless, and we're going to talk about that for a few minutes, which will launch us launch us into talking about some ancient deities. I've got a list of uh, two pages of ancient deities with some very specific things that might cause you to go, oh my gosh, I've never thought of things quite like that before. That's our goal here as we do, as we do what? We talk about does God's name matter? Does the, the God of Israel the, the, the exalted Elohim of all Elohims, does his name have any significance for us today? Does it matter at all? And most of all, does it matter to him? And if it does, man, it want, I want it to matter to me. That's our goal here as we move through this. You are watching the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. You can always find us over at pathdesign.com. Thank you much, so much for uh, tuning in on this. And we'll be back for part two right after this. Amen.